You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast. I am here with Martin and Daviana. How are you both? Oh, pretty well. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? All good, all good. We are having a bit of a chill one this time. It is kind of a little bit rainy, at least in America, where Daviana and I are. A bit sunnier where Martin is, but it's the evening there and it's daytime here. We're, we're feeling kind of cosy evening vibes right now. Whether it's beer or tea, we're all just chilling out. And that's exactly what this episode is going to be. Almost like a bit of a campfire chat. We're going to talk about a few different things. So if you want to know what's going on in the world right now, especially related to technology and movies and TV shows, all that kind of stuff then stay tuned and we'll run through all of those things. Uh, Martin, what's what's going on? I was going to say, you say it's nice and chill, but as I look out of my bedroom window to my left, I just see a small little street pie. Obviously, it's social distancing levels. And I just like, we talk about how chill it is in here in our <laughs> podcast out there. It's a completely different story. We're going to go with the fact that it's all, it's all a little chill. We're going to create an ambiance mm-hmm. in the podcast, in our safe circle that we have here with everyone listening as well and nothing else outside the circle matters so put on your sweat trousers and let's get started couldn't have said it better myself he's closing the curtains yeah i I thought i'd see that (laughs) (laughs) so how have we all been doing it's been a good week yeah yeah i've lost so many hours to gaming so uh yeah yeah, it's been a great week really (laughs) How far are you through The Witcher 3? Um, Okay, I I recently tallied this up. I think I'm about 30-odd hours for The Witcher now. And I think I'm literally just hit the halfway mark. So I'm I'm about to go to a place called Skelliger. So people who play Witcher 3 would know where I'm at now. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've literally, every time I finish work, I'll have dinner, I'll I'll wash up and all that, and straight on it. And all of a sudden, my (laughs) mum comes up, I'm like, I'm going to bed now. I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop playing this game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you messaged me. You messaged me and told me that it's, I think you said something like 50 times better than Skyrim or something. Yeah, I think I said something like 10 times or or whatever it was. Yeah, oh my God, if you enjoyed Skyrim... Um, you would totally enjoy Witcher 3, which is really annoying because I, if I remember right, I did like games of the decade and I think I missed this game out, which I'm oh, really my. gutted now. But then I never played it up to this point. So, you, you know. Fair. That's how fair. It is. Okay. All right. I mean, we're only a little bit behind on this because how old is this game now? Four oh, years five old? Years. Five years five old. Five years now. old. <laughs> It's a classic. It's it's, it's now a classic, and we're yeah. we're catching up to. So if you if you were waiting for the review on that, that, that's what you get. There you go. Go check it out. Um, you can get, probably get a good price on it now, at least. I had this game since August, and I played it for like three hours. I went, "Nah, this game's not for me." And then all of a sudden, um, a week ago, I went, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna complete it. It'll be fine." And for some reason, it's just completely taken over most of my life right now. And that's all <laughs> I've been doing. Cool. Well, there we go. If you also have been stuck playing video games the last week, then like Daviana on Animal Crossing. It's true. I came, I too came late to the game. Yeah. 
Um, but, but not only, as late as Martin. Yeah, only a couple <laughs> months late. Uh, but I quickly became addicted. And I'm now at the point where I only play it for like an hour or two a day. Yeah, she's doing good. Yes. Doing good. But, but that's mostly me. because you run out of things to do. Yeah, exactly. There at the beginning, I was playing for like, what, three, four hours a day? Easily, easily. Yeah. And probably could have played more if yeah. I didn't have other things to yeah. do. She'd wake up before me and then she's oh, like, I'll let you sleep. Yeah, I'll let you sleep. And then I, I wake up and go in the living room and she's been playing Animal Crossing for like the last few hours. And you're welcome. Yeah. But it's one of those games that drags everyone in. Next thing you know, like her dad's sitting there watching. It's true. Still hasn't got like a shower yeah. with a coffee just watching and getting excited <laughs> on what fish she's like picking yeah. up. It's true. And then, then your stepmom, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the whole family's just there, yeah. like, watching. It's it's quite a good spectator, because it's so chill. It's quite a good spectator game, because you can just sit there, listen to the cute little music, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, watch watch someone yeah. interact with the village and see it, what's going on and what's next. Yeah. It's got really good vibes to it. I, I love a game that I don't feel stressed or anxious playing it, and... I will say, I loved Skyrim, but I was so scared to battle any of the, like, monsters and stuff. (laughs) Like, it was the worst. All I wanted to do was just run around the countryside and, like, explore the world. I never wanted to, like, actually, like, fight anything, so I never got past, like the initial setup of the game, really. I never (laughs) finished it, even though I logged hundreds of hours. Because all I wanted to do was, like, go to that little hut next to the lake and get the dog. I wanted to settle down and, 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 like, have a little, like, house in Rifthold? Is that what it's called? Riften? Riften, yeah. Riften, that's it. Anyway, Animal Crossing... (laughs) Was made for you, essentially. The yes. core aspect of Skyrim of battling, Darby's like, nah. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not for her. <laughs> no. Yep. No. Well, it was like it when when we attempted to play Fallout. Um, <laughs> she was not she was not happy about any of the fighting. It's She's true. like, I just want to make a little village. It's true. Oh, so That's my kind of content, though. Same with Minecraft. All I want to do is build a village. I don't want to deal with the monsters or the caves. (laughs) Uh, I dealt with all that stuff when we played Minecraft. So Animal Crossing (laughs) is Darby's game by definition. It's true. It's true. My favorite part is the museum because... I get to like collect all of the little like creatures and stuff and then give them to Blathers, who is very annoying by the way, but I get to give them to him and then I get to go and see them in the museum and it's just, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Fantastic gameplay, 10 out of 10. There we go. That's what we've been doing recently. So, I do have some actual topics lined up for this fireside chat, so we'll work our way through them. The first one is actually keying into a previous episode, which, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's really important. There's some really crucial information uh, about a topic that's seemingly getting a bit out of hand on the web right now, is to do with 5G and the coronavirus. Well, when you just think that things couldn't get any weirder 
a $350 anti-5G device has been selling on the internet. I don't understand why people were buying this in, in the first place. It was supposed to create some sort of bubble, like a bioshield around yourself. Using terms like quantum holographic catalyzer technology, it's supposed to create for the balance and harmonization of the harmful effects of imbalanced electric radiation. Uh, the pitch is that the device creates a protective bubble around its owners at all times, so you can purportedly boost the range by plugging into a laptop or other device. It's not supposed to block Wi-Fi though, only 5G. So somehow it knew the difference and it cost $350. Wow. wow. And when people broke down the device, they found it to be a simple flash drive with <laughs> the tiniest amount of storage. It was 128 megabyte storage on it. You'd pay no more than five bucks for a memory stick like that. And they were selling it for 350 bucks. So, <laughs> oh boy. I would like to send a brief message out to anybody who's thinking about buying one of these. Okay. Rather than waste your money on these little memory sticks, give me the $350 <laughs> and I will come and just swat away the 5G. Hmm. And it'll be the same amount of protection. Okay. All I'll right. swat it away like a fly. Got it. Cool. Well, there we go. There you go. Promoting Darby's new business. New yep. business. Side hustle. Side hustle. Uh, totally legit. Mine, what, what's your thought? <laughs> I can't believe people are this stupid. I'm sorry to say that. And and if anyone's listening who's who's bought this, I'm very sorry to say that. What were you thinking? Generally, what, what were you... What was going through your mind when you went, yes, this device will protect me from 5Gs. Yes, this is totally legit. Yeah. Like, yeah. surely... The warning signs are there. We first saw it. Surely. I mean, if 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 that's something you're willing to drop that kind of money on, then there is a point that you've got more money than you have sent, I think, at this point. And what would have been better spent is using that money to donate to, you know, medical organizations and medical charities right now that are helping with the coronavirus and trying to, you know, help improve other people's situations especially in countries which are really struggling with the virus right now and that need support that would have been well better spent than um some sort of usb stick absolutely <laughs> for sure so i feel like we don't need to tell you don't buy this it doesn't work so uk trading standards officers are investigating the product after glastonbury town council 5g advisory committee recommended it to be investigated if you buy it then it's your own fault that's, that's what I'm going to say. There is lots of snake oil that you can buy on the mm, internet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is just another item of snake oil. You know, I've got a couple old memory sticks from high school that I don't use anymore. And I will sell them for like $200. Hmm. And they're like a couple a couple G's. And you know what? That's a couple. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's you a good what? deal. You know what? That's a good deal. That's a good, that's a good deal. deal by the Savings. This is it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got a few. I've got loads lying around. I feel like I've got a fortune waiting. Yeah. I think I've got like six in my desk right here. So look, a little mini business we've got going <laughs> on here. <laughs> TLDR, expensive memory stick. Don't buy it. Won't protect you from 5G. If you're worried about 5G in the first place, go listen to our 5G episode and the coronavirus. And we'll give you plenty of reasons why you shouldn't be worried about it at all.
So in other tech-related news, Microsoft has been laying off journalists to replace them with AI. Microsoft has been laying off dozens of journalists and editorial workers at its Microsoft News and MSN organizations. The layoffs are all part of a bigger push by Microsoft to rely on artificial intelligence to pick news and content that's presented on msn.com, because of course that's where we all get to get our news, and of course inside Microsoft's Edge browser and the company's various Microsoft News apps. Many of the affected workers are part of Microsoft's SANE Search Ads News Edge division and are contracted as human editors to pick news stories. So essentially, the AI is now scouring the internet, picking bit topics that are, are useful and piecing them together and then choosing a range of photos which they think would go with the article and then an actual person is going, okay, boom. So rather than having all these people gathering news and writing it and do it all together, AI is building the story and then it's using then an actual person to be yes or no on the photo. Hmm. Because AI is still not the best with photos. They, they can figure out certain things, but they're still not the best at, at getting context out of photos too much. It's getting better for sure. Uh, which is, might be why you've you know recently been asked to identify f- bridges in a photo to prove that you're human. Traffic to identify lights. traffic lights, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure you're all equated with. I get so, that all the time. What do we think about journalists being replaced by AI? I think in some ways it was probably going to be the natural progression of having AI scour the world of, uh, of news sources. I think you know an AI could probably do it quicker than a normal human being. I think as well as it gets to that point of you're paying someone just to scour the internet for the next latest update when an AI could do it for free and run through them. However, I'm going to steal your thunder here, Ben, when you first um, proposed this, and maybe you have an argument for this or maybe more of an add-on than I do, but it does come to the point where we use this phrase of fake news, how easily that is now spread among the masses. Fake news is, is that term that we hear all the time but still happens in abundance on Facebook. I don't know how a bot would know what was real and what wasn't real. Mm. I feel like they're relying on this last stop human person to pull the plug on it if they felt that it was inappropriate. But what looks like is that they're relying on other news sources, whether they preference certain news sources that they think are more reliable than others to piece it together. I don't know. It really depends because... It's it's a tricky it's a tricky one really actually. Humans can also be very bad at, at judging what's real and what's fake because humans have this kind of emotional aspect to it mm. that if it speaks to them emotionally and supports what they think, okay. then they go with it because it supports their view. Confirmation bias. Exactly, and that happens a lot on Facebook. I see that all the time mm-hmm. of people sharing things that they go, oh yes, I'm right look at this article from some website you probably never heard of yeah. that says I'm yes. right. So I don't, I think bots will be way better at that aspect of it because they mm-hmm. see it as black and white. They don't see it as uh, supporting anything personally, but I'm really not sure what to think, to be honest with you. I'm personally against laying off journalists. Mm-hmm. I think that they do an important job. And I think that, at the end of the day, you know, journalists have to have written some of this stuff in the first place for these bots to pick some stuff out. It likely seems to be that Microsoft is just realizing, as we all know, that no one really uses Microsoft News and MSN these days, and that all they're essentially doing is pooling 
information anyway so why don't they just automate it and and pull from all these news organizations and show it to you i mean if you have an iphone i'm not so sure about android it's hard for me to say but there is an apple news app and all that essentially does is is feed to you news from all other organizations i mean they don't hide the fact they tell you it's all from these organizations and that's using ai to simply look at what news that you read and what news that you seem to spend the most time on and and news organizations and just show you more of that kind of thing so that's using ai in a slightly different way so ai is definitely already being used in news and news gathering from other sources so it's been done and i assume that this is just microsoft realizing that they don't want to hire this many people for a part of their company that isn't even a major part anymore msn used to be a massive thing years ago but has slowly i think become less and less relevant i would like to say along with the likes of things like yahoo news and all those other sites that have been struggling recently journalists and journalism is already being attacked on an economic and political scale that is massive this is just one more hit really Mm -hmm. um in a long line of hits and i wish that microsoft and msn were not doing this because Mm -hmm. it's just taking away jobs that's all it is of course um there's no evidence that i have seen that the robots would do it better than the humans or vice versa so to the best of my knowledge this is purely a tactical money move yeah so that they don't have to hire all those people yeah i mean i feel like there's gonna be a lot of split thoughts on this in general because there are lots of people who are for ai and there's part of me there is for ai because they do a lot of good and there's a lot of as i said that it cuts out a lot of that bias that gets added it has been very much a, a human art to um, journalism and to that it's a very much a skill and a talent mm-hmm. that is going away with the signs of the internet a lot you know the cyber stuff you see these days wouldn't be what you have, would have seen in the newspapers many years ago before the internet so you know if the ai is just going on what it knows it will just keep pulling on what people are reading and often what people are reading isn't actually good news <laughs> It's often little articles that you see, like a hundred cats that look like Hitler or something like that, you know? I've That's fallen, the kind of things. I've fallen prey to many a cheeseburger.com yep, you do. Uh, listicles. Yeah. And I get them all the time on my Facebook ads. Because yeah. now that I've clicked on them, they yep. just keep being shoved yep. in my face. Yeah. That's how it works. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Five, four, three, two, one. Next on the Fireside Chat, we are diving up into space with SpaceX and the Dragon Launch. Now, as we're recording this, the Dragon Launch actually is taking place. They're in space right now. It was successful. So um, let's give a little cheer to them. Um, It is really awesome. It's the first type of launch of its kind spacex actually doing its first manned launch into space alongside nasa and i'm glad to see some excitement back into space again and i know elon musk is as well as he is a massive fan of space which is why he's started spacex what do we all think what do we all think of 
voyaging back into space and the the stuff that SpaceX is doing in general to encourage more space travel? I think it's uh, quite interesting because when you look back on NASA and their missions, obviously you had like the space race going on between like um, the communist Russians um, trying to uh, outweigh the Americans and obviously the Russians got to, into space. The Americans went, well, we're going to one-up you and go to the moon. Apollo 11 obviously got to the moon. Space race was over. And I think by that point, that was like its apex. That's where people's interest sort of really peaked um, when it comes to space travel. And after that, they just started get, gaining less and less attention. Uh, look at Apollo mm. 13. Uh, before even the disaster happened, it wasn't even broadcasted uh, live across America. And I think people's sort of um, appetite for space sort of went away after a while. And I think now that we have this new generation of people called millennials coming into into the world, they're interested in space. I'm, for one, someone who is intrigued by space and what is out there. And I feel like this is hopefully a kickstarter towards more projects going towards space if that is hopefully soon someone landing on mars if that's experimental experiments on other planets around our solar system as well as even sending out equipment out of our milky way and into other galaxies and all sorts and hopefully in a long shot we could um, find other inhabitable planets as well as hopefully fingers crossed other life forms out there even if it was plant life and i think it's really captured more people now to space travel than ever before like i said i've not known any um anyone really to pick up the mantle of yes a space launch even when we went with the mars rover uh which is over a decade old now people were still like quite hit and miss about it weren't really interested and i think this has really captured the younger generation and even the older generation when they first watched the moon uh, walk-ins, I think they've really just captured them again. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's really exciting and I'm very keen to see where this goes. And, you know, what's great about the SpaceX project is that they're making as much of it as possible reusable and keeping it affordable and a way that it becomes just a regular thing that they can do very easily rather than being a hugely expensive and wasteful project which requires you know new rockets and new things every time so it's it's really exciting to see the developments and changes that SpaceX have brought to this game and made it into a business and in an affordable matter because then it doesn't take away as much from government money and, you know, money could be spent in other ways also while being able to achieve the similar goal. And yeah, I think that it's bringing a lot of excitement. Anyway, TLDR, it's really exciting to see and I'm hopeful that this will lead into more space exploration and yeah, let's see where it goes. Personally, I view it as both a reason for celebration, but also a kind of a sad reminder about how little funding is given to NASA and scientific research in general. It's wonderful to see people, Americans specifically, going into space again for the first time in so many years, but it's also um, a sign of the times that it's happening on a SpaceX Dragon shuttle and Mm -hmm. not on one of NASA's own shuttles. 
And I think that that comes with pros and cons because, like, like you said, Ben, um, it's more eco-friendly and reusable and affordable for the program. But I think that there's also something getting lost there because I know that it's silly, but it does bother me a little bit that the mission is called Dragon because of the shuttle, because that doesn't fit with all of the previous NASA um, exploration names. I have loved the exploration and shuttle names very much. In fact, at our wedding, that's what we called the different tables, were different NASA missions. Mm -hmm. New Horizons, Odyssey. Hubble. Hubble. Ours was... What was ours? Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. I think that they've always been beautiful and they've always been in the spirit of scientific discovery. And I'm a little bit sad, <laughs> to be honest, mm. about this mission being called Dragon, which <sighs> sounds like something a 10-year-old boy would name it, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of very much how Elon Musk is. You know, he is kind of like an excitable teenager at times. A very smart one, but he, uh, you know, if you look at anything from the new Tesla cars, designs, and, you know, all the gadgets and stuff, to the whole space thing, he really is like a, a kid in his element a lot of the time. When we were doing the first space explorations, the US was, it was all a big competition. Part of the Cold War, it was all part of, you know, we want to be better than Russia. We want to be better than them, and we can do that. So... I felt like that gave a whole like national pride to it and Very a whole different so. feeling to it. Yeah. And now there isn't that mm -hmm. going on that many other countries are doing their own things and launches and, and all that going on. That there just isn't that kind of coming together of, of, a, of a nation behind the project. And I think it's suffered because of that. Martin. Well, I was going to say, actually, because you said about, like, uh, Elon Musk and uh, he's, like, an excitable person. Have you seen, like, the, the differences between um, the like the Apollo missions and what they used to wear? Like, big, beefy spacesuits compared to, like, these really slim yeah. um, suits. Mm -hmm. As well as, like, the complete HUD in the spaceship looks like something you'd see inside a Tesla. Yes, it's absolutely. very... Modern and futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, super modern. It looks like something and... from a space movie. And this is it. Don't get me wrong. I love the fact that this is hopefully the start of a new wave of exploration. I feel everything we can explore on, on our small Earth has been explored to a big extent. But I feel like outwards is where we should look towards. Like We should look towards the skies as our ancestors did before us. We've always looked towards the sky. It's always intrigued us. And I, I love the fact that uh, Elon Musk has brought us to the forefront. And in regards to the naming of the missions, I would have to agree with uh, Daviana here. I think the name Dragon is a very strange mix. Mm -hmm. All right, when you think of Dragon, you think powerful. Uh, and in some cultures, dragons are wise. But I think this should have been a, sort of about like a New Horizon sort of meaning name behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone says Challenger, Voyager, yeah. all these different names, instantly you get flashbacks of these great missions that come before it but in 10 years time when we say oh yeah the dragon mission doesn't have the same ring to it no mm -mm. no it's true it's very true so martin this topic is all about you i think 
and I know Darby's <laughs> interested to talk about it as well. But uh, I feel a little bit out of my out of my place. I'll be honest. I try and uh, I try and adapt to many of the topics we talk about and and pretend that I know exactly what I'm talking about. But this one, <laughs> I feel a little bit lost. But any long term listener will know that mine is a massive Kingdom Hearts fan. We went to EGX when the Kingdom Hearts game was coming out, and that was a long awaited thing. Let's hope that if this is r- real and uh, what we're about to talk about, that it will come a lot sooner than the video game did. And we won't have to be talk about it for the next few years and, and, and see very little happen. Kingdom Hearts is coming reportedly to Disney+. Plus. Uh, a rumor came from social media influencer Jeremy Conrad, a.k.a. Manabite, uh, a regular video game and Marvel news leaker, who took to Twitter with a gif of Kingdom Hearts with a caption, Yes, it's true. Another user, Skylar Schuler, who was tagged on the post, explains that the new title will stream on Disney Plus and will be in the form of a television series instead of a movie. It'll also stay true to its roots, shying away from the live action adaptation and staying as an animated show produced by Square Enix, according to a separate source. Most importantly, the original voice actors for the franchise Disney characters will all be reprising their roles, including Jim Cummings, Bill Farmer, Tony Alselmo, and others although there's no information on who will be voicing original characters such as Sora or the other characters from the Final Fantasy franchise. There's no official announcement from either Square Enix or Disney as of yet, so stay tuned and hopefully they'll come out with a response in the future. But for now, Martin, what do we think? I still don't know. Even when you told me about nearly an hour ago about, hey, have you uh, caught up with this news about Kingdom Hearts? I'm in a little bit of status shock about it. I'm very surprised that they're going to make um, an animated TV series about it. I think it was the best way to go, like trying to cram so much lore and content into like an hour and a half would just be Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So the fact they're making it an animated series, superb. In terms of story, I mean, it could go anywhere. It could start (laughs) before even Sora's uh, saga uh, with the Keyblade War. Or it could come, obviously, with Sora, which it, obviously these are all just speculations, or even afterwards. I haven't played the most recent DLC with the Kingdom Hearts 3, so I'm going to go on what I know at the moment, and that is, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, it's hard to have to see that Sora's going to be in it, because, spoiler alert, Sora does die in Kingdom Hearts 3 at the very end. So I want to know how far back and how far forward they would go with this animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, I am very excited to see it. And if they make it as good as like stuff like Star Wars The Clone Wars was, which is obviously a huge franchise in Star Wars, and it made Star Wars The Clone Wars so good and so relatable, if they can create that sort of atmospheric uh, appearance as well as really engage the audience and really uh, hit the notes that I know Kingdom Hearts can... I can see this being a really good story to tell, and I can see this having a good three to four seasons worth. Yeah, I feel like it's probably a good thing that Square Enix are doing it, if that is true, because they know the franchise and the game way better than anyone else. I feel like if other people were left to make it, then they would try and make it in their style rather than in the Square Enix game style. So I feel like... It should look good. I mean, the the latest game looked really good, right? Yeah, Visually. for sure. The, the visuals inside Kingdom Hearts 3 were nothing short of spectacular. Even the remakes, the first and second, when they up the graphics, looked superb. 
So if and as well as their cut screens are rendered in HD. So you, when you go mm-hmm. back onto like Kingdom Hearts one and Kingdom Hearts two, which is now over a decade old, re- they don't look that out of place at all. Like they they look decent mm-hmm. and passable. So now that we've entered twenty twenty, where you know hopefully CGI has moved forward. Obviously, it has from the fifteen or plus years. I think they can make a very compelling as well as visually stunning uh, series out of this. I, I agree. I think it could look like a, a really awesome series, and I am very keen, even though I'm not a big fan of the game myself, I just never really got into it. I'm very keen to see what happens with this and see what, what comes through. I'd be even willing to, to give it a watch. Um, Darby, I know you've played a bit of the game before. Do you think you might be giving it a watch? Are you interested? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was also not a huge fan. And in fact, I never made it through the entire game that I played. But I would absolutely give it a watch. It'll be a lot easier to watch than to play. <laughs> because you didn't get to make a make a little village, did you? No. There no you village building. No village in building in Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom That's Hearts. why they went wrong for Dolly. But there was friendship building, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> the real prize was the friendships we made along the way. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's actually a line in the, in the game series. Really? Well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think oh it my is. Oh, goodness. To write this stuff. <laughs> but actually, you've just touched on something about writing this stuff. I think from an outside perspective, Kingdom Hearts can be very cringy. And even I will admit that. I am a massive fan of this, but sometimes the writing in the Kingdom Hearts games is very cringy. Sometimes you're like, did you really just say that sort yeah. of thing? So that is the one aspect that I, I do worry about when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. You know, it's quite obvious with some of the dialogue. Even if you go you go on YouTube now and type in, like, cringy Kingdom Hearts moments, and it'd be literally cutscenes of just different moments going throughout the series. Mm. And that is the one aspect at times, not all the time, but at times, it's very odd, especially a game of Kingdom Hearts, Dream Drop Distance. God, the dialogue in that was... You'd felt like this person was having an out-of-body experience <laughs> or he was talking to someone else completely. At times it was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> this person's asked you something completely yeah. different or said something completely different. So that is my one worry. I hope that they bring on the uh, a bit of the creative team, but I hope that they go with a completely different dialogue set. Right. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, if they're making a full series, I'd hope that they'd bring some... TV talent in to direct it or to, to piece it together. I would imagine they would. Yes, yeah, so for sure. Obviously, this is all just rumours and speculation. If I was going to create this series, I would definitely go with people who've had decent experience within the fantasy genre in TV and even in film, as well as bring some people from the Square Enix team to really, you know, have that first-hand experience so you have that... Nostalgic, genuine... Yeah, it feels a bit more genuine. I feel like, yes, this is part of the law. Yes, I can understand where this is going. But like I said, the dialogue at times is very shaky. So if you can bring in expert writers or people who are quite good with this stuff, this series, in my opinion, could be a decent one. Not, We're not talking Breaking Bad good. We're not talking House of Cards good, but decent good, you know. All right. 
But overall, you're excited? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm trying to hide <laughs> this Cheshire grin that I've got going, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. So that might, might get you on to Disney+, Plus, right? Oh, don't get, if, if they want a voice actor, I'm just saying, even how small the role was, I'll be on board. <laughs> so Disney, just contact us. That'd be great. You know? Great. Our contact info is in the show notes, so feel free. And that's all we have it for this Fireside Chat episode. We hope you enjoyed the format and you can let us know what you think on the usual ways on Twitter, Facebook, or send us an email. All of the info you need is in the show notes below. And with that, thank you very much to Martin and Davyana for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. And we hope you've enjoyed listening along and joining us in the safe fire. And We'll have to let it burn out now and say goodbye. See ya. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. You're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast.